Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to come into drboycetv.com for a few minutes to talk about Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris has been um, hit with an accusation that she plagiarized a story that she told about uh, being involved in the civil rights movement. Uh, allegedly, um, uh, and I want to shout out to Reed Nasheed, who brought this to my attention on his Twitter page. Uh, he, basically, a lot of people think Kamala Harris stole a story uh, from Martin Luther King during an interview by Alex Haley uh, for Playboy magazine many, many years ago. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to really get into what you think about Kamala Harris or what we think. I I'll give you some kind of perspective on it, but um, I, I just want to, I'm going to read this to you and I'm going to let you kind of be the judge of this and uh, decide if you think that Kamala Harris lied or not, or if she plagiarized or not here. So I'm going to read this to you. Uh, first of all, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button. And also, uh, I'm going to switch my screen here. So give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me. Give me a yes or no if you can hear me. Okay, you probably can't see me because I'm doing audio here, but I wanted to read this to you and get your take on this. And then I'll give you a couple of perspectives on it. But uh, uh, here we go. All right, so here's a story that Kamala Harris uh, shared in Elle magazine. And it's a story... Um, about her being involved in the civil rights movement. And, you know, you recall, for example, when she was debating Joe Biden, uh, she mentioned something about being the little black girl being bussed across town and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> so here's what it says in Elle magazine. And then I'm going to read the original. And I want you all to tell me, give me a yes or no, if you think that Kamala plagiarized uh, this story. So in Elle magazine, they wrote, Senator Kamala Harris started her life's work young. She laughs from her gut the way you would with family as she remembers being wheeled through an Oakland, California civil rights march in a stroller with no straps with her parents and her uncle. At some point, she fell from the stroller and the adults caught up in the rapture of protest just kept marching. By the time they noticed little Kamala was gone and doubled back, she was understandably upset. Quote, my mother tells me the story about how I'm fussing, Harris says. And she's like, baby, what do you want? What do you need? And I just looked at her and I said, freedom, freedom, right? So that's the story that Campbell told in Elle magazine. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you <clears throat> what was written in the Alex Haley story when he interviewed Martin Luther King. Uh, Martin Luther King apparently told a story about a little girl in one of the civil rights marches. So here's uh, the Alex Haley version. It says, I will never forget a moment in Birmingham when a white policeman accosted a little Negro girl, seven or eight years old, who was walking in a demonstration with her mother. Quote, what do you want? The policeman asked her gruffly, and the little girl looked him straight in the eye and answered, feed him. She couldn't even pronounce it, but she knew it was beautiful. So what do you all think? So, so I've read both versions to you. I read the version of Kamala's story in Elle magazine. And then I read the version written by Alex Haley for Playboy magazine when he interviewed Martin Luther King. Uh, give me a yes or no. Do you think that Kamala stole the story or do you think it's just a huge coincidence? Or, or do you think that maybe, uh, I don't know how old Kamala is. You, you think Kamala was the little girl that Martin Luther King was talking about? Uh, what do y'all think? What do y'all think? Do y'all think that Kamala was, uh, did she plagiarized or not? Give me a yes or no in the chat. What do you think? Okay, let's see. Moyna says, please leave her alone. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right, I see. Hell yeah from Static Shock. Um, 
Tracy says she's only 56 years old. <laughs> too, too young to be in anybody's civil rights movement. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say guilty as charged, right? Now now why is this why does this matter? Okay, so so here's the deal. With, with, with Kamala Harris, I think that the reaction here um is obviously driven by the fact that people see Kamala Harris as kind of being fake. She's um she's Negro light. She's she's kind of black, but not quite. And uh it has kind of been an interesting journey to kind of watch her. You know, as as millions of black women, actually, in particular, black women, a lot of black men too, stroll to the polls to get her elected. And and I'm not mad at that. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at people making their individual choices. I think everybody has a right to do what they want to do. I I didn't really go for it. It didn't it didn't really work for me. But, you know, I, I but I just I have a hang up. Right. My my big issue is the incarceration thing. I can't get past uh, the fact that she and Biden spent so much time sending black men to prison. I, I know how traumatic prison can be from the relatives that I've seen who've gone to prison. But, you know, to each his own. I think that the broader challenge that Kamala has is that she has so many people, uh, including her own father. Her own father, you know, wrote a really long, scathing letter stating that, you know, that that he felt she was being fake. Um, He had a big issue when Kamala, anybody remember when she went on The Breakfast Club and she did the whole thing with what she said, she smoked weed listening to Biggie and Pac in college and, and they actually connected and found out that, that actually Biggie and Pac had to even come out when she was in college. And then there was the whole other thing. I think Angela Rye asked her, uh, who's your favorite rapper? And Kamala couldn't name anybody. <laughs> and, 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 and the thing that was interesting to me is, is not so much, you know, whether or not Kamala is the version of black that we're accustomed to. That, that part's another conversation. The bigger issue is that um, when you look at Kamala Harris's life and you look at, for example, you trace back, like when I want to understand a politician, I read their bio in detail. I like to see where they grew up, how they grew up, what mattered to them when they were young, all these things. I did this with Obama. I did it with Trump. I did it with Kamala. I did it with everybody. But when you look at Kamala's life, you can tell she's a very ambitious person. One of the reasons that the, the Joe Biden campaign was very nervous about inviting her to be vice president is because they say she's so ambitious. She's so focused on trying to get power that she'll do anything to get power. And and I don't know if that's out of the question to believe, because, um, you know, if you remember when she was in her 20s, she was dating Willie Brown, who was maybe 30 years older than she was. I think he was in his 60s. She's in her 20s. And if you look at the parallel in her career, her career took off when she started dating Willie Brown. I mean, Willie Brown opened a lot of doors for her. And uh, and I would presume it was, you know, partly driven by the fact that they had a little something, something going on. Now, I'm not I don't think it's my right to judge any of that, but I'm looking at the overall um, makeup of the person. And the biggest question to me at the end of the day is what are you going to do for black folks? I I don't care how you got here. I I believe all the politicians are a little bit crazy and crooked and they, they do some things that the rest of us wouldn't do. That's how they got to the top of the pile. It goes for everybody. It goes for Biden, goes for Trump, goes for Obama, goes for all of them. Uh, so I'm, I can look past that. But then I think there's a point where you just say, okay, let's focus on the issue. The issue is you want to vote for you. And I need to know what you're going to do for me. I'm going to do something for you. I need to know what you're going to do for me. If you want me to do something for you and you're not going to do anything for me, then that wouldn't make any sense. Just like it wouldn't make sense for you to do something for me if I'm not going to do anything for you. Right. I don't go into a store and say, give me all your your clothes and then say, I'm not going to give you no money. That wouldn't make any sense. So with Kamala, 
the biggest challenge with Kamala is if you recall, she did that interview with the grill where she specifically said, it's not like I'm going to sit here and do anything, do things specifically for black people. Right. She said that she specifically said, I will not do anything specifically for black people. That's why I had to get off the Kamala Harris bus because um, you have to do something specific for black people because something specific was done to black people. Uh, let me ask you a question. Give me a yes or no. What was racism specific to black people? Like was uh, yes or no? Was slavery specific to black people, or did they, did they make everybody slaves? Did they have did they enslave people because they were gay? Did they enslave people because they were Mexican, or did they enslave people because they were immigrants from other countries? No, they enslaved black people specifically, right? Uh, when our wealth was stolen, it was stolen specifically from us. We were specifically excluded from all the opportunities that were given out in America. So. So because we had specific things done to us, the poison was very specific. The solution must be very specific. So a politician who's not interested in a specific solution is wasting my time. You're blowing smoke up my butt. You're gaslighting me. You're trying to play me like a sucker. You can play the rest of the black community like a sucker if you want to. I know we got a lot of black people who don't want to be smart, who don't want to be brave, who just aren't ready for, for real progress. I'm not one of those people. You know, so 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 take the sucker stuff on to somebody else. Uh, I don't care about your little civil rights stories. I don't care if you were the baby in the stroller who said, I want freedom. Like all those little things work on people. And, and the people that I'm talking to, the ones I'm trying to raise up, the ones I'm connecting with, I got to tell you guys from the very beginning that this is a platform for intelligent black people. This is not a platform for suckers. This is not a platform for Negroes who will fall for the okie doke. This is not a platform for people who go along with things just because it's popular. This is not a space for people who want to keep doing what we've been doing that's been putting us further and further behind. This is a space for people that want to move forward, that want to solve problems, period. So I ask you again, when I look at Kamala Harris, I don't really care if you smoke weed and listen to Biggie in college. You ain't got to lie to me about that. You ain't got a lot to kick it. I, I I didn't smoke weed and I spent more time studying than I spent sitting in my dorm room listening to music. <laughs> I was trying to become somebody. I get it. If you tell me you were too busy going to law school to sit and smoke weed and listen to Biggie, I would totally understand that. My problem is not when Kamala is making up these civil rights stories. My problem is <clears throat> when Kamala says, I'm not going to do anything specific for black people because I ain't got time for black people who ain't got nothing to do to benefit black people. I don't have time for black people who don't care about black people. <clears throat> and and I, and I agree. I think that her blackness is a debatable. Yeah, you can debate all of that. I mean, you know, she's got the Indian mother and everything else and the Jamaican father. That's not the same as a foundational black American on any on this planet or any other. Um, and, you know, her father specifically mentioned that their family owned slaves like like all that's real. All that's there. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I can look past all of that because at the end of the day, I'm going to ask you one simple question. What are you going to do specifically for black people? What are you going to do for foundational black Americans to help us right the wrongs that have been done to our people over the last 400 years? And when you give me an answer like that, <clears throat> then at that point, you're eliminated from the equation. Um, none of your stupid pet tricks are going to work on me. I don't really care who your favorite rapper is. Um, I talked to Ice Cube. I don't even ask Ice Cube who his favorite rapper is. And Ice Cube is a rapper. When I talk to Ice Cube, I talk to Ice Cube about the black community. I don't talk to Ice Cube about whether or not he thinks 
E-40 is a better rapper than Too Short. We don't talk about, you know, who we listen to in college. <laughs> we talk about solving a problem. So I think that really what we have to really kind of understand when we kind of look at this whole thing with Camel and everything else, part of the reason that, that, that they do these stupid things to get the black vote is because the black community has become addicted to elevating stupidity over intelligence. We've become addicted to elevating stupid people for doing stupid things. I know Kamala is smarter than that. I think Kamala is very smart, actually. I, I, I look at her, I watch how she moves. She's a brilliant lady. Um, and, and I think that even she kind of laughs. She chuckles under her breath over the fact that she's got to do some of the dumbest things to get black votes <clears throat> because there are a lot of our people who don't respond to substance. So I'm just asking you all that, you know, to kind of look at this in a different way. Um, did Kamala plagiarize <clears throat> the Martin Luther King quote? Yeah, I think she did. If you read the story in Elle magazine, uh, you know, I'm the little girl in the stroller and the, they asked me, baby, what do you want? And I said, freedom. And then Alex Haley literally wrote the same story, you know, as he's interviewed Martin Luther King many, many years ago. We know Kamala took that story, right? We know politicians lie. That That's nothing new. They all lie. They lie all the time. What I think you want to do, though, is go a step further and look at yourselves and look at our community as a reflection that, that we will believe the lie of a liar and reject the truth of a truth teller. The fact that you had millions of people in your own community who fell in love with Joe Biden and got mad at Ice Cube when Biden is doing nothing for you and Ice Cube was trying to help you, that right there says, that you that the mental illness is inside of you, that the stupidity you see around you is a reflection of your community and what your community responds to. So as a community, I think at the end of the day, we got to stop being stupid. Stop loving the people who hate you and hating the people who love you. Stop thinking that going forward is the same as going backward. Stop thinking that up is down and down is up. You think you're going up, but really you're going down. And then you look around and you say, why, why are we so down? Well, we need to keep doing more of what we've been doing. No, well, that's just stupid. That's just ignorant. You know, I, I saw, um, in fact, I remember I saw Roland Martin down in um, Georgia really running around, you know, getting black folks to go out and vote and everything. And I'm not mad at that, right? I'm not mad at you. If you're a voter, like, go do go do you, do your thing. Um, but I, I, it kind of made me think, I said, why, why are you going out of your way to do this? Like, why are you so vested in the Democratic Party? And that really makes me wonder, are you being paid? Like, are you being, what is your compensation? Like, are, are, or are you doing this because you think this is really going to benefit the black community? And if you believe that, I'm not saying that you shouldn't believe that. You can believe what you want. I just, I think I'd like to see evidence of that, right? Like, where's the evidence? Show me the evidence that, you know, electing this version of Kamala Harris, and in four years, they'll give you another Kamala. Kamala's kind of a continuation of a lineage, right? She's kind of the new, she's whatever Barack Obama was four years ago. Andrew Gilliam probably would have been the next Barack Obama, but he got caught up, you know, they 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 kind of found out, you know, his little private lifestyle. And I'm going to just tell you like this, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of Andrew Gilliams in the Democratic Party. I'm just going to keep it 100. It's in, And I'm not being biased or discriminating, but I'm just telling you, that's what it is, right? Because these agendas don't sort of throw themselves in, in, in your face as what they are. They present them as something other than what they are. So so Andrew Gilliam ain't the only one. Let, let's just let's let's just be clear about that. But with that said though, you know, Kamala Harris and Andrew Gilliam are, you know, Barack Obama 2.0. Barack Obama was a continuation, in my opinion, of Bill Clinton. He was the new and improved 
Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was a continuation of maybe, um, I don't know, you could say a John F. Kennedy type. That they all kind of want to pick up the John F. Kennedy legacy. They want to pick up a piece of the Abraham Lincoln legacy, all this other stuff. And so you've been getting kind of the same thing over and over and over for a very long time. And here's the thing I kind of want you to pay attention to. All of this time where they've kind of fed you the same thing over and over and over again, your community hasn't moved forward. I mean, give me a yes or no if you understand what I'm saying. Your your wealth level is actually going down. So you're getting less and less economic power in a country which, by the way, America is becoming more and more unequal as time goes on. Uh, America is becoming uh, less equal as time goes on, not just amongst black people, but amongst uh, white people, too. So think about this. You've got people that are feeding you a dream of equality in a country that is becoming less and less equal. That's like me. Um, getting you to keep giving me money because I'm going to, I keep telling you how good the food is going to be when I finally cook you some food. I'm promising you food, but every single day there is no food. In fact, every day you have less food in your refrigerator than you had before. At some point, you have to question that process. But to question that process, you have to be alert and you have to be brave enough to question a system. If you're not brave and, and you're not awake, Like if you're afraid and you are asleep, then you will continue to do the exact same thing. So a lot of our community is afraid and they are asleep. They can't handle, you know, when when Ice Cube was getting all that pressure, all that pushback from so many from people that that you know were mad at him for for standing up to Biden and Trump. um, You know, the reason he was able to withstand that is because he's a strong guy. He doesn't care what a lot of people think. And I respect him for that. Most black folks can't do that. Most black people can't can't deal with a barrage of dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people or thousands, even if you're on a social media platform who are constantly attacking you because you're not doing what everybody else is doing. Um, You know, I I was banned from Ebony magazine. I told you guys about that, but um, I was supposed to write an article for Ebony a few years ago. And one of the chief editors said, we will never publish another Boyce Watkins article because, you know, basically because of my position on voting. Right. And so the, so so at the end of the day, um, I, I you know, when I look at Kamala plagiarizing, pretending to be something that she's not. Um, do I think that she's a liar and a fake and all this? Yes, yeah, she is. But that's not all she is. She's not a stupid lady. You know, she's she, she can do some good for the world. I'm sure she can do great things for other people. I just don't think she's going to do great things for us. Um, I don't think that black people are going to wake up after the Kamala Harris presidency. By the way, this is not going to be a vice presidency, folks. I want you to write this down. She's not going to be vice president for long. Joe Biden will not finish. Uh, he, he probably won't finish one term, let alone two terms. There is no way. I will be stunned. I will eat my shoe if Joe Biden finishes two terms. And I don't think he's going to finish one. I think Kamala Harris is going to be your president. Biden will either... Um, resign or God forbid, you know, he, he might not make it because he's not a young guy. He's not, he's not 25 years old. The man is older than Jesus. So Kamala Harris is going to be your president. And I think when Kamala Harris becomes president, it will be good for America because we need female leadership. I think we should have a female president. We should have had one a long time ago. I think that she's going to be good in terms of bringing balance back to America. We can't have too many Republicans defining public policy because the Republicans are the ones who created this horrible inequality that exists in our country. It was their policy that made America as uneven as it is right now. But it was Democratic policy. 
and what the Democrats were pushing for that exacerbated the most recent inequality that occurred during the pandemic because they were the ones who were telling you to stay home and quit your job and not have any income for seven or eight months so they can starve you out and make you dependent on the government where you got to wait nine months to get a damn six hundred dollar check. What the hell is that? What the hell is that? I mean, that that I mean, come on now. And, and, and so so it was the Democrats who said, OK, we need to wake people up in our own way. So we're going to starve the hell out of them and, and leave them broken and, and busted financially to independent on the government. So they will hate Donald Trump so much that they'll put us in power so that we can then do things our way. That's the game that they're playing with you. And the game makes me sick. I hate that game. So but but as far as Kamala Harris being president. Um, you know, I, I don't think another Trump presidency would have been good for America because I think Trump is very, very bad in terms of foreign policy. He's just a bad person. He's just a, he's such a bastard. He's not very nice to people. He kind of, you know, runs around and just does all this crazy stuff. But, you know, so so I think that a change in leadership is called for. And so I think that Biden and Harris can be good for the world. But the problem that you have as black people is that they are not going to be good for you. In fact, the big the long term agenda of Biden and Harris, in my view, is to expand immigration policy so much that they bring in another 10, 12, 15 million people from across the border. Many of them are already here. They're just waiting to activate this voter base and they're going to dilute the black vote so much that your vote won't matter anymore. The only thing that's going to matter for you is whether or not you have economic power in your family and in your community. If you have no, mark my words, black people, if you have no economic power, you will have no political power. If you do not find economic power, then you will be lost. So, so there we go. Uh, so Karen, Karen says, why, why, why listen to Dr. Boyce if you don't agree with him? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I think, Karen, I think some people listen because they know that I'm not stupid. You may not like me, but you can't deny the fact that I've had more education by the age of 25 than most people have in their whole life. I'm not a stupid man. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not, it doesn't have to be arrogant for me to say it. I've been a college professor. How many of you can say I've been a college professor for 30 years? Like, that, that is, I was smart before I, be, before I started teaching college students. And I've been doing that for a very long time. And I think all I do is sit and think about things and analyze things. So sometimes I say stuff and people get mad because, the conclusion I come to is so different from what they've been hearing in media because your media is stupid. Your media is built on third grader level thinking. And so when you go, when, when you know, so imagine, a, a, you know, a graduate student or a PhD student talking to a third grader. Well, the third grader is going to get pissed off and confused because they're going to say that's not true. You know, everybody knows that we, we eat the milk and cookies before we get on the sliding board because the teacher wants us to behave. Right. Or whatever. Right. When actually the grad student has seen other things that the third grader doesn't understand. So that's all it is. Sometimes I talk to people. It's literally a grad student talking to a third grader. The grad student shouldn't wait for the third grader to validate what they have to say. So I don't wait for validation, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, I don't even need you to agree with me. I'll, all I ask is like, just hear me out. Let me lay out my case. And if you have a better case, then lay out your case. Because I want to learn from you too. Because I, I can just tell you, I need to. I need to get back. We need to get to the core. The core question, right? The core question that we must ask ourselves as Black people is: Are these politicians benefiting your community? If yes or no. Put a yes or no in the chat. If the if the answer is no, then whatever the hell you've been doing is wrong. And the more you keep telling me to do what we've already been doing, the more ignorant you sound. (laughs) When you're literally telling me to do exactly what we've done for the last 40 years, 
then that tells me you have not done your homework or you're so you're so addicted to certain behavior that you're not really thinking about trying to make progress. You're not trying to grow. You are the obese man who eats Cheetos and drinks you know, a 40 ounce every afternoon while he's sitting on the couch because that's what he is used to doing. You're the crackhead who goes for the crack pipe because that's the only way you know how to cope with your uncomfortable reality. You know, you're not the drug addict who's trying to get off the drug. You're the drug addict who's turning to the drug because that's all you know. That's all you know. All you know is the drug of white supremacy. All you know is the crack pipe handed to you by the Democratic Party. All you know is this false belief that somehow committing yourself to the white supremacy of corporate America, the white supremacy of the Democratic Party, all these other things, all you know is to do as you're told. So it's fine for you to keep doing that. Just don't sh- just don't go try to attack those who are trying to lead us to a better place. Right. Like, like just, you know, if you see Ice Cube out here saying, well, you know, we should do something for black people instead of just taking care of white people. If you see it, then just sit down and shut up. Sit down, go vote, do what you're going to do. But just sit down. Don't get in the way of the people who are actually trying to make progress. If you want to sit and be a crackhead, be a crackhead. But it's a problem when you're a crackhead and you're stopping people who are trying to go to rehab. You're blocking the door to rehab because you want everybody to smoke crack like you. No, the crack pipe life is good for you, but it ain't good for everybody. Some of us really want to solve the problem. Some of us really want to do better. Some of us really want to put down the pipe and become healthy. Some of us want to do the damn work. So if you don't want to do the work, then don't do the work. But don't get in the way of the people who are doing the work. So go do what you're going to do. You can believe whatever they tell you. I don't personally care. And I don't hate Kamala Harris. I want to make that clear. I do not hate Kamala Harris. I have no reason to hate Kamala Harris. I just call it for what I see it. Um, Is Kamala Harris a liar? Yeah, she probably is. All the politicians are liars, Republicans and Democrats. Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. I did a video the other day on Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. And I was explaining to you guys that Nancy Pelosi is extremely, extremely wealthy. She's worth between 100 and $200 million. Uh, she doesn't tell exactly how much she's worth because she doesn't want everybody to know this. But her husband is a venture capitalist who owns stakes in some of the largest companies in America. And what you see also with Mitch, with Mitch McConnell is that Mitch McConnell was worth about $3 million until 2007, in which he married the daughter of one of the richest men in China, and that boosted his net worth, right? So here's what's interesting. I noticed a pattern where you have a lot of these politicians who have extremely wealthy spouses, right? Like Kamala Harris's Doug, uh, husband, Doug Imhoff, the white guy she married. Remember, I was asking you guys, that, I, people got mad at me because I, I asked openly, I said, how does a black woman who went to an HBCU who's met thousands of black men end up married to this white guy? Uh, you know, and, 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 and I, I just asked that question because I was curious. I was like, how does, I don't see how that happens, right? But whatever, right? And so Doug Imhoff, if you look, if you read up on Kamala's husband, Doug, Doug is not just a random guy that she met at, at the Burger King. She didn't just bump booties with him at the club and decide that she wanted to just date him because he's a nice guy. Doug Imhoff is a high-powered attorney in California with connections out the ass. Doug Imhoff is filthy, stinking rich. And, And here's the thing. A lot of these politicians have these very wealthy spouses. Nancy Pelosi's husband is extremely wealthy. Mitch McConnell's wife, extremely wealthy. Kamala Harris's husband, extremely wealthy. All, all these individuals, the, a part of the hustle, in my opinion, is that a lot of the spouses are able to benefit financially from the political power of their spouse who's in Congress or their spouse who's in the White House. 
like the Obamas, the Obamas, I'm sure the Obamas are going to make a hundred million dollars this year. And a lot of these sort of weird entanglements are, are interesting to me from a financial standpoint, because what it shows you is how money has really infiltrated and poisoned your political system. It ain't about votes. It ain't about integrity. It's not about democracy. It's about the freaking money. If you don't understand that it's about the money, then you're missing the entire point. So when you go back to McConnell, let's talk specifically about McConnell and Pelosi and being filthy rich. It's fascinating to me that we have a country where two people who have a combined net worth of about $200 million have the sole ability to decide whether or not another 50 to 100 million people are going to get a check for $600 or a check for $2,000. They get to make that decision. That's fascinating. Donald Trump's family worth billions of dollars. All of his kids make billions of dollars a year. Joe Biden's you know, son right now, he's under investigation because his son was selling his father's political power to make multi-million dollar deals across, across the sea. So this is not just a Democrat or Republican thing. This is about how, how your government works. And so so I really kind of encourage you to kind of understand the game and stop getting caught up in whatever nonsense they deliberately put in front of you to distract you, because all these people are getting filthy rich off this system. They're getting filthy rich off your vote. They're getting filthy rich by getting you to fight against each other. They're getting filthy rich by getting you distracted over nonsense while they're going for the dollars and cents. Like, and, and, I'm, and I'm not just talking about you know, the stupid rednecks who, who will support Donald Trump so he can go make billion dollar deals for his family. But they're voting for him because they think that the Democrats are all a bunch of socialists. Right. And they don't want to wear a mask. They, the Trump family ain't thinking about that. They're making business deals or same thing for, for you guys who think who are who are just bought up and caught up in this idea that Trump is a racist white supremacist and, and that that he's the biggest threat to America, despite the fact that Joe Biden made billions of dollars incarcerating black men. But, you know, 25 years ago, whatever. Right. You know, I'm sorry. The Biden family is making business deals. Hunter Biden is a multimillionaire because of his father, Joe. Nancy Pelosi and her family are extremely wealthy because she benefits from her husband's business connections and business deals. He benefits from his wife's political connections. Uh, what Maxine Waters, her family, very, very wealthy. Right. And and there are so, there's supposedly these laws that kind of divide the money from the from the, the democracy so they don't taint each other. Those walls don't really exist. They, they don't they just don't work. And so. It, so. So, again, the hustle is very basic. I'm a politician. I need money to run. I can't run without money. I'm Kamala Harris. I want to be vice president. I can't be vice president if I'm not connected to the people that have the money. So I don't go marry, you know, Tyrone Smith, who works down at the uh, auto mechanic shop or or Billy Ray Wilson, you know, the brother that I was that I was having sex with when I was at Howard University. I go marry Dougie, Dougie Emhoff, the high powered lawyer who has the connections that can help me as attorney general rise up and get a shot at the White House. Well, Dougie wants to marry me because he knows that when his wife is in the White House, guess what? Every millionaire and billionaire within a 100 mile radius is going to want to come to me and Dougie's house to have dinner. And so I've got the CEO of Google coming by my house one week. The next week, I got the CEO of Ford coming by my house. Next week, I got Jeff Bezos from Amazon coming by. You don't think Dougie is going to be able to make business deals because him and Jeff Bezos were, 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 were you know, taking shots of, of vodka in the backyard? 
Like, you don't think that he's going to be able to call up Google for one of his clients and get business deals done and make money by brokering power when he's had the most powerful people in America coming through his house? Do you follow what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, these people are playing the game of the rich and the game of the elite. That's what it is. And so I'm not here to sit here and say, that Kamala Harris is a terrible person. I don't really give a shit. I just don't care. I, 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 I get it. I get what she's doing. I'm just saying that when you're talking about the, the politics, you're the pawn. They want you to be the pawn. And I don't want you to be the, pl- the pawn. I, I kind of want you to be the player. You know, I kind of want you to just understand what it is so that you can basically come back and say, okay, I get it, Kamala. I know you're going to use me. I know you're going to lie to me. I know that you're going to play with my head a little bit. I know you're going to use some emotional imagery to try to get me to come vote for you. And I'm willing to go for all of that. I'm willing to let you think that you have manipulated me into giving you my vote by telling me to get my booty to the polls or that my ancestors died for me to vote for you or telling some stupid little story about, you know, how you, you know, fell out of your stroller at a civil rights march and, you know, and met Dr. King, you know, on your way to the Ferris wheel, whatever the hell you want to tell me, you know, I don't care. But at the end of the day, we're going to really talk business. We're going to really talk Turkey because there's a segment of the black community, a segment of the black voter base that is no longer stupid. There's a segment of the black community that basically is saying, we just want you to give us something for our vote. And here's, the thing, here's what's interesting. I think that the Kamala Harris's and people like that are, are waiting for you to do that. I think that they, um, you know, I, I will just tell you this. When I was negotiating with the Obama administration with Russell Simmons back in 2013, that was my first big deal in politics. Two times I got exposed to the corruption of the political system was in 2009 when I was hanging out with Al Sharpton. I, I didn't understand the game as well as I understand it now. So at that time, I actually thought that being around Sharpton was a good thing. Now, now I don't really, I don't really work with him anymore. I don't hate the man. I think he's a brilliant man, but I just don't, he's, we don't see eye to eye. And so um, uh, I, but I saw a lot when I was sitting there kind of watching things happen. I saw a lot and it really kind of gave me some insights into how the process works. And then the second time was when Russell Simmons and I, were trying to push the Obama administration to change their incarceration policy. And I thought that it was going to just be a simple, like a slam dunk, right? I thought that, okay, these are Democrats. Democrats are our friends. They're also black. Eric Holder's black. We all agree that the incarceration issue is a bad problem. So it should be easy. It was not easy. It was very difficult. Um, there was a lot of, of, you know, game playing, a lot of lying, a lot of fighting, a lot of threatening and what really got the process through, here's what got that process through, because you know, eventually we got all these celebrities and everybody to sign this letter. And I, I wrote the letter. Russell got the celebrities to sign it. I got the activists and I got the scholars to sign it. And um, and a lot of people, a lot of great people signed it. God bless them all. Like Chris Rock signed it and, uh, you know, Jamie Foxx and and Will and Jada and, and the Kardashians and Justin Bieber and people, people that, that I, I don't hang out with, you know. But but um, but so so the Obamas started seeing this letter getting all these signatures and it made them very upset. They got very nervous. Valerie Jarrett in particular, I remember she didn't like it at all. And, uh, and it got to the point where it was like, okay, we need y'all to kind of squash this. And we weren't squashing it. Like I knew I wasn't going to squash it and Russell wasn't going to squash it. And the thing that got it over the line was the fact that Russell refused to relent. Right. Russell literally just looked him in the eye, just like ice cube did. And he said, I don't care how much you threaten me. I don't care how much you tell me I'm no longer going to be invited to the White House parties. I don't care how much you tell me that I need to just shut up and dribble 
or sit sit down and be patient. It no, I'm not hearing any of that. Like you need to do the right thing. Period. And when they realized that it wasn't going to go away, when they realized that we weren't going to stop, that's when the Obama administration went ahead and gave us what we wanted. And so what I just kind of want you to realize is that this is a poker game. Politics in America is a poker game that the majority of black people are not ready to play. You know, if you I'm a poker player, so I understand this. I'm a, I'm a pretty good poker player. And the thing about this poker game is that you have to have the courage to look people in the eye. You have to have the courage to know that uh, that that they're, they might that they're going to fire back at you. You have to get to a point where you just don't care what people think and, uh, and that you're going to get what you want. And black people don't have that because as a collective, you don't have your self-esteem. Um, as a collective, you're still trying to get white people to like you. You are afraid of white people. So they scare you easily. They can go and do a commercial and tell you that if you don't get Donald Trump out of office, you're all going to die and Negroes will believe it. Right. They can tell you that um, if you don't vote for them, then you're all going to get covid and you're going to be dead by Tuesday and Negroes will believe it. They can tell you that your ancestors died for you to vote and, and you will believe that. Right. And so what happens is they have a bag. They have a bag of tricks, a bag of Negro tricks that they love to use when it comes to um, getting black people to do what they want. And most of our people fall for those bag of tricks because they have all the um, all the symptoms, all the signs of a person who's easily pimped. Uh, a person who's easily pimped, like if you think about what a pimp, like a pimp isn't going to try to pimp everybody, right? Pimps are not going to try to pimp empowered women. Pimps don't try to pimp women that are educated or who have high self-esteem, right? Or, or women who are financially secure. A pimp goes after a woman who has vulnerabilities, right? So the woman, the woman he might look for is a woman who's struggling financially, um, who doesn't have a lot of self-esteem. Maybe she's not very smart. Maybe she's addicted to a drug, right? And maybe she's easily scared, right? So, so, so black people get easily pimped because we have a lot of financial problems. We're financially weak. Uh, we don't have a lot of self-esteem because we spent the last 50 years trying to get white people to like us. We, we begged them to let them come work for us and all these, or to let us come work for them or whatever, right? Uh, we, um, we love to give them our money because we love to buy their products so that we can feel better about ourselves. We love, we want our goal in life is to get into their university so that we can go in debt, you know, paying them back student loans to give us like an inferior education, all that good stuff. And also we, um, we are not very well educated on how the system works and how the game works. Also, we're extremely emotional. So when somebody, you know, comes and says your ancestors died for you to vote, uh, we'll believe that. Like, we really believe that when really nobody has to tell me what my ancestors died for. You don't know why my ancestors died, but they, they will say that because they know that if they get you uh, prompted emotionally, then they can get you to do what you want. So ultimately, with, with Black folks, I think that what you have to kind of just realize is that um, there's a segment of our community that's kind of above and beyond that. You know, and what I loved about the last election, and I know Kamala Harris hated it, like Kamala Harris, when Kamala Harris was on the Grio. And or not, not the grill. She was interviewing Angela Rye. Angela Rye said, "Who's your favorite rapper?" And Kamala got she got flustered. She couldn't really answer because she couldn't think of anybody. But then she said, "Well, some of the rappers need, need to stay in their lanes." She was talking about Ice Cube. You know, she was talking. Specific, I specifically asked Ice Cube. I said, "She was talking about you, wasn't she?" He said, "Yeah." So she she was talking about Ice Cube, and, and she was flustered because 
they're not used to black people actually showing up ready to be a player in the game. They're only used to black people showing up, volunteering themselves to be a pawn, right? They're not used to you showing up and saying, no, actually, we want to be equity holders in the game. Uh, What they're accustomed to is for you showing up and saying, I just want to help out. I just want to help you accomplish your goal because I've been trained to believe that serving you is more important than serving myself. And that's why you find some of this strange behavior where you will literally have black people who get very offended when you say the pop, this politician should do something for black people before we vote, they should do something for black people. Like that's for, for people with self-esteem. That's a very logical statement. It's like sex, you know, in order for me to have sex with you, I got to enjoy it too. Right. But you have some people who think that they're, no, my job is to serve another person. Like I'm the servant, right? Like why, what, on what planet does it make sense to say I should vote, but it's, but it's unethical for me to ask for something in return. That doesn't even make any sense. Like that's not even logical. Like that's, that's a mental illness. Right. And, but, but we have a collective mental illness. Like, you know, so, so I don't even blame, I don't blame Kamala Harris for working the game. Um, I just blame you for not peeping the game. I don't blame Barack Obama for working the game. I blame us for allowing the game to happen. So, so peep the game. Just, just be smart. You know, I, I, so, so, so long story short, I, I think Kamala did. It sounds like she did steal this story, this Martin Luther King story about, you know, falling out of her stroller and all that. But the truth of the matter is that um, Kamala is very good for America. Kamala is just not good for you. So I need you to ask yourself, at the end of the day, what's good for you? Like, what's going to make progress in the areas that matter? So when we talk about things like the, the B1 philosophy, hashtag B1 in the chat, if you know what I'm talking about. Hashtag B1, that means, you know, black first, right? Blackness is 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 top priority for us. Um, when you talk about B1, uh, you must ask yourself, when you measure a Kamala Harris, is she B1? If the answer is no, it doesn't mean you hate her. It just means, okay, you're not the solution. You're not the answer. You know, you, you, we wish you well, but you're not the answer. So, so what is your answer? What is your solution? And it goes back to that basic idea, economic power. If you're educating your own children, then your children will benefit your family benefits. That's a direct benefit to you. If you gain the ability to create your own jobs by starting businesses in your community, that's going to directly benefit you. Easiest way to overcome white supremacy is when you have enough money to tell your white boss to kiss your black butt and, and, you know, and you have the ability to walk away from that job. Right. You're not begging your oppressor to take care of you. You're able to take care of yourself. Um, If you are making investments consistently for your family, maybe through real estate, stocks, things like that, then you gain enough economic power to actually not just control your section of the earth but you actually gain the ability to do what the Jewish community does, which is to expand your influence throughout the world. That's what you got to focus on. So, um, so, you know, forget these politicians, you know, they're, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're never going to stop. And, um, and nor should they, you know, I mean, whatever Kamala's done, it's worked for her. She's vice president of the United States. God bless her for that. But, um, you know, she, she ain't got a whole lot to do with me, to be honest with you. So I, I'm not fighting her battle. I'm too busy fighting my battle. Okay, so I'm going to go. Um, by the way, if you want to follow me on Clubhouse, we do private conversations sometimes on Clubhouse. So if you're on the Clubhouse app, 
I'm on there too. So feel free to follow me on the clubhouse app. And also um, you can go to uh, the, uh, actually, actually, let me put this URL up here, the allblackagenda.com. That's some elements that I put together for a black agenda that you can pursue. That's very, very B1, very, very black focused that will help you and your family to obtain power in a world where the black community at large probably won't have power for another 100 years. Black people as a collective, probably won't start making progress toward equality for another 100 years. And when it does happen, though, it's going to happen because your children and grandchildren are going to be the captains of industry that build businesses, that build massive wealth, that give opportunities to other black people so that they can actually take on and look the, the white man eye to eye. Right now, you you lose because they don't respect you. They just look at you and they just kind of laugh and they say, my God, these people, they, they just don't understand the game. Um, and, uh, and it makes me very sad. Every election, a part of me just kind of cries and dies. I cannot, I cannot watch or participate in some of the buffoonery that I see. It just really disturbs me. It upsets me. It's, it's like the curse of being um, conscious. There's, there's, a, there's a curse of consciousness. The more conscious you become, the more enraged you become. And the more disgusted you become by some of the behavior that you see. But what gives me hope, though, is that you see these rays of possibility. Like you'll see things like with, you know, where, where guys like Ice Cube step out and, and lead a little revolution. You know, um, in this last election, I think black people really gained so much in this last election because the fact that we showed up as a threat and we literally upset the apple cart. Uh, they're, oh, they're talking about that. You know, when you get people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris flustered and pissed off because of what black people are doing, particularly black men, that is a symptom of the rise of the black man. You're seeing the resurrection of the black man in America. You know, Joe Biden's chickens are coming home to roost because these brothers have grown up. They understand the game. They ain't scared. And they remember 1994. They remember the crime bill. They remember all of that. You know, and so it's it's a, to me, it's a beautiful awakening that's going to lead to amazing outcomes for a big segment of the black community. But you guys are the early adopters. I mean, you, you probably feel a little isolated because most of your allies are not even born yet. Like the people who are going to understand what we're talking about are not even alive yet. Like they're going to be born in the year 2050 and they're going to be they're probably listening to this video from the future. Like there's some kid in the year 2085 who's listening to me talking right now who's saying, wow, these people were really backward and stupid in the year 2020. That's what it is. It's like when you, you ever listen to Marcus Garvey and you hear him yelling at black people because he's frustrated because it's like 1918 and Negroes are just backward and stupid and scared and ignorant. And he's trying, he's yelling at them, telling them to wake up, but you get it, but you're listening to Marcus Garvey and it's like the year 2010 or 2012, right? 90, you know, 90 years after he made the, made the audio. Well, that's what it is, right? Like right now we have our Marcus Garvey's. We have our forward thinking black people who are sharing the best ideas. And those ideas are not popular for one simple reason. You are ahead of your time. That's it. And I want you to just hold on to that because that's what's going to let you know that even when you feel alone, you are not alone. When I talk right now, I do not feel like I'm one of a kind. I feel like I'm one of a million because I guarantee you can bet your black ass that in 50 years, there's going to be millions of black people who are talking just like we're talking, who are thinking just like we're thinking, who believe what we believe, who do what we do. And so don't don't worry about it. Don't fret. Don't let the backward Negroes slow you down. 
They are dying. You are living. They are shrinking. You are growing. They are the past. You represent the future. So keep representing and represent to the best of your ability. That's my two cents. I hope that this helps you. Um, I'm out of here. The allblackagenda.com. You can go there and uh, there's a lot of stuff there, like the $5 a day investment plan and stuff like that you can do for your own family. So feel free to go take a look. And also you can text the word voice to 31996 if you want to get text alerts a couple of times a week from me. And uh, also please hit the thumbs up button right now. Thumbs up, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'm out of here. I'm going to go take a nap. Talk to you guys later. Be good. Peace.